Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Chapter 10 of the book of Leviticus is a wonderfully intriguing and interesting chapter. It begins with a day full of glory, a day full of blessing and enjoyment because God had accepted the offerings of the priests, the sons of Aaron. But then something severe happens to Aaron. Two of his sons bring themselves under God's judgment, and the scene changes to one of God's righteousness and holiness, only to be turned again to God's mercy. We invite you to stay with us for this life study of Leviticus today as we look at chapter 10 in the book of Leviticus, a chapter that reveals God's mercy and his holiness. And joining us for this very helpful and meaningful fellowship today is Ron Kingis. Once again, Ron, glad to have you back. And glad to be back. Ron, chapter 10 follows a wonderful section in chapter 9 with the four issues of the priestly service. But in this chapter, there's a sad, even tragic event that is told, and it has to do with these two sons of Aaron, Abihu and Nadab. The account is found in the first 11 verses of chapter 10. And we're going to see how this tragic story really applies to us today in our situation. But before we get to that, uh, I'd like to ask you to recap the story. I think rather than take the time to read all the verses, you could uh, narrate this portion for us a little bit. It is a very interesting story and rich in spiritual significance, uh, not the least of which is the lesson concerning our service. Nadab and Abihu, uh, being priests, had censers, and according to God's requirement, the fire used to burn the incense was to be holy fire, that is the fire that had come down from God and was burning on the altar of burnt offering. However, for some reason, Nadab and Abihu used fire from another source, And some translations speak of that as strange fire. Mm -hmm. That is fire not from the altar. And with that fire, they presumptuously burned their incense. And what happened was that they were judged by God with fire and killed. And this is the loss of two sons. And then God comes in and says explicitly to Aaron that the anointing is upon you. You shall not dishevel yourself. You shall not grieve right at this instance. And this incident in the word is very unusual. Its occurrence is quite striking and significant. And it's important that we extract from the word by the enlightening of the spirit at least some of the spiritual lessons for us in our 
service as God's priest today in the New Testament priesthood. Ron, I want to just take a second make sure that our listeners understand the source of the fire that is critical here. And the fire that was consuming the offerings on the altar of burnt offering was a fire that came directly from God in the heavens. It's not that the priest would get up in the morning and as we might start a campfire. This was a a different kind of fire, wasn't it? That's correct. The fire came down from God. And from that point on, it was to be continually burning on the altar of the burnt offering. So the priests were to appropriate that fire Mm -hmm. to use for other purposes, such as burning the incense, which signifies uh, our prayer. So as in so many things we've seen in uh, this life study of the Bible, not just the book of Leviticus, the source is all important, as it is in this uh, instance very much. It is so important that having the wrong source brought in death. I mean, this is quite serious and... I don't know of of any institutions that train religious leaders that have a class session admonishing the would-be priests or ministers or pastors not to offer strange fire, but to have the fire from the altar. This is serious. It was literally, in Leviticus, a life or death matter. And in principle, regarding spiritual life or spiritual death, It is a life or death matter for us today. The lesson here is of fundamental importance. Let's join Witness Lee and uh, hear what he had to say on this matter when he gave this life study of Leviticus. The two sons of Aaron, the chief priest, they did something seemingly not bad because they offered something to God. But with the strange fire, they are common fire. The fire that was not from the heavens. And such a kind of offering God judged by consuming the two priests who offered such a strange fire. Here we could see God on the one hand is merciful and is kind. But on the other hand, God is also quite severe, quite strict. Right after all the blessings on that day, that day in the entire history of the universe was an excellent day, the very day of God's initiation to uh, apply Christ to uh, his people for their enjoyment. It was quite a day. To us, we may tolerate the mistake because of that glorious day. We would think, well, such a day, so great, so much as the greatest memorial in the whole universe, in the history of the whole universe. So we may just tolerate, yet here we see with God there was no tolerance. The consuming fire consumed. Firstly, it consumed in the sense of accepting. Now, in another sense of judging people, yes, God is merciful. And serving Him is a good thing. But we have to be careful. He is not only merciful, but He is also holy. He is not only kind, but also He is severe. 
I must say this, due to background, today's Christians are very loose, very careless concerning the services to God. Not many do consider our worship to God, our service to God, consider these kind of holy things as something that is quite serious. It's not a loose matter. Don't touch it in a loose way. Look at today's situation. Lots of natural life there. But it seems nothing happened. I tell you, don't say nothing happened. The spiritual deadening all the time is going on there. The deadening, the deadening, the deadening. What is that? Dead the dead. Could you have any sense of life? You just have the sense of darkness, the sense of deadening. We have to be somewhat warned by such a case. Ron, you said it before, I would uh, repeat it. This is a very interesting, even a striking account. The context here of this judgment that God executed upon these two is just prior to that, we've had the acceptance of all of these offerings, which really indicates something of God's mercy, the offerings on behalf of the people and their sin and all of their problems. And yet here is the same fire now coming in judgment. Uh, Both of these things are present here. Which are we to be impressed with? Well, at this juncture, we have to be impressed with God's holiness. God was always exercised to maintain his holiness. And as we read, we may think that God's judgment was just too severe, and he could have just been nice and easygoing. But Nadab and Abihu violated God's holiness. And in principle, this is going on in a continuing basis today, not in worldly places, but in centers of worship, where the natural life, the natural energy, the natural zeal and enthusiasm are brought in in place of the Spirit. So people may be excited or enthusiastic or emotional in a certain way, Well, there's a time to be all of those, but what is the source? If the source is the human soul with its natural life, there will be a result, and that will be death. At the very least, a spiritual deadening. God cares very much, particularly in something that claims to be spiritual service. He cares very much for the source. Where does this fire come from? For God to send his fire, that is a mercy, if it is a fire accepting the offerings. But to God to send his fire, where there has been abuse in the sphere of spiritual activity, that is God's judgment according to his holiness. We treasure God's mercy, but we also honor and respect and revere God in his holiness, and for his holiness. Surely one of the key words in all of the book of Leviticus is that you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, am holy. And if the so-called religious leaders or spiritual leaders violate God's holiness, they will not be exempt from God's judgment, a judgment issuing in spiritual deadening. This is a main portion of the lesson here 
We have no right to sidestep it. We need to open ourselves to be enlightened by the Lord and learn from it that we may serve him in spirit, but also with reverence and care and even a holy fear, lest we dishonor his holiness in any way. Well, we began uh, with the preface of God's mercy, then this uh, strong word of God's judgment. Now we come to verse 12, and again, it exposes or illuminates, I would say more correctly, God's mercy. Let me read verse 12 before we go back to Witness Lee. Then Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons who were left, take the meal offering, which remains of Jehovah's offerings by fire, and eat it unleavened beside the altar, for it is most holy. How does this show mercy? We'll see. Here's Witness Lee. So sad that on that day, such a day of glory, full of blessing, no doubt, full of enjoyment, such a severe thing happened, especially to Aaron. Yet, could you see the mercy here? The mercy is right in between these two verses, 11 and 12. 11 was on the judgment that you may teach the sons of Israel all these statutes which Jehovah has spoken to them through Moses. You may learn the lesson. Right away, fallingly, you have verse 12. Here, in verse 12, we can see the coming back of God's mercy and grace. It is in this manner. Here, meal offering is uh, presented. Meal offering, we all know, is just for feeding. I do have a wonder here. Why, to all thought, right after the correction, they need a kind of sin offering. But instead of a sin offering, Moses said, take the meal offering. Here you could see even the judging, correcting God with his correction, with his punishment, still his mercy goes along with. How about this? Ron, there's nothing obscure about uh, seeing God's judgment in the story of Nadab and Abihu. But seeing God's mercy and grace in this verse uh, is a bit more difficult. Um, right after the death of these two brothers, the Lord points them to the meal offering. How does this display God's mercy, Ron? We would expect that in pointing to one of the offerings, right after an incident of this magnitude, God would have pointed to the sin offering, or at least to the trespass offering, uh, possibly with, with strong words. Here there has been a serious failure, you dishonored my holiness, it brought in judgment. Uh, you are sinners, you are trespassing, even in handling the holy things. Now, to be reminded of this, you must offer the sin offering and the trespass offering. But instead, God told them to partake of the meal offering, which is the life supply, Christ as our life supply. When we Eat the meal offering, we feed on the Lord Jesus as the God-man and participate in the uh, experience of his God-man living. After a momentous failure, to be encouraged by the Lord to partake of Christ in his divinely enriched humanity is 
not only a mercy, it is a wonderful and marvelous mercy that God would come in and care for their hunger, care for their satisfaction, remind them of their prerogatives as priests and their responsibility as priests to feed upon the meal offering in this way. So we believe, according to the sequence of the events, that mercy is involved here. Mercy is embodied here in the meal offering. And in principle, in our experience, sometimes, even many times, after we have failed the Lord and expect a severe dealing with our sinfulness and our sins, the Lord, without violating his holiness, points us to Christ as our spiritual food and urges us to partake of Christ, to experience Christ and enjoy Christ. Chris, that's mercy. Uh, That was exactly my thought, Ron. That is the mercy and what recipients of it we are. Ron, this last section has got a wonderful point. I really hope the Lord is merciful again and shines and illuminates it for all of the listeners today. Let me read verse 17, and then we'll join Witness Lee. Why have you not eaten the sin offering in the place of the sanctuary? For it is most holy, and he gave it to you to bear the iniquity of the assembly, to make expiation for them before Jehovah. Here's Witness Lee. If we eat Christ as our sin offering, of course, that offering accomplishes the redemption for us. Then we enjoy such an offering. Uh-huh. We must bear the responsibility to uh, solve the problems of God's people because what we eat has solved our problems with God. So many dear saints, their problems of sin or of sins still existing. You and I, we should bear the responsibility, firstly, according to our experience, to pray for them. Then secondly, seeking the Lord leading that you may need to go to visit them, not to condemn them, not to rebuke them, even not to point out their shortcomings to them, but just to go to visit them, to fellowship with them, to bring them into the presence of the Lord, to help them to come back to the sensation of God's mercy and grace. Then God has a way as long as you could bring them into the light of God, that means into the fellowship with God, and God is light, then in that fellowship they will receive light. And in the light they will see light. And this light will shine over them. And shine sometimes within them. And this shining will show them their sinfulness their mistakes, their failures. Don't try to help any sinful brother or sister in a kind of exposing way. The best way is that we are in the fellowship with the Lord. We are a person living all the time in the fellowship with the Lord. Then we go to visit people, we bring this kind of atmosphere to people. That means we bring people into the fellowship with the enlightening God. Then, in this kind of fellowship, they will be enlightened. God's light will shine over them. 
Firstly, no doubt, when you would bring them into the fellowship of God, they will touch God's mercy. And they will touch God's grace. And this mercy and grace of the divine life will soften their heart. Heart. Their heart through the sinning has been hardened. So they need what? They need God's mercy and grace to warm them up. In that kind of softening and warming, light is always there. Then they could see their sinfulness. And you don't need to mention that. Rather, he would mention, you try to avoid that. So, to bear the problems of God's people needs a lot of enjoyment of Christ. Amen. We have to enjoy Christ, enjoy Christ, enjoy Christ. Full enjoyment. And we have to enjoy Christ as our sin offering. As long as we enjoy Christ as our sin offering, we have to bear what? the problem of God's people. Ron, I think most of us have been confronted with a situation similar to what he has described here. Maybe someone that we're close to or in contact with has fallen back. Maybe they're discouraged or perhaps they're even completely overtaken by the world or sin. The natural tendency uh, is to try to help them by bringing them to realize where they're at. We might condemn them or rebuke them or exhort them, but what we've heard today was a different kind of example, the real priestly service, wasn't it? This kind of fellowship is uh, in another realm from a mere uh, moral or ethical or religious way of assessing problems and failures among believers. The natural tendency, and especially the religious tendency, which may often involve an element of self-righteousness and criticism, Mm -hmm. is to, to judge, or to expose, or to correct. And that's not the way that's presented here through the typology. It is by having Christ ourselves as our sin offering and by living in fellowship with Christ that we can help the saints with their problems according to Christ, that we contact them having prayed and bring to them an atmosphere of fellowship in and under the Lord's mercy and grace and help them to touch the Lord in his mercy and grace with the view that the light would shine on them and they would realize their need of the Lord and turn to the Lord. This is the way, in essence, advocated by Paul in Galatians 6. If someone is overtaken in a fault, those that are in the Spirit, the spiritual one, should restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering themselves. So if we realize we are sinners saved by the Lord's grace, and perhaps to this point preserved by his mercy and grace, we need to be very careful in our spirit and in our attitude in contacting a believer who has some kind of problem. If our intention is just to blow him away with our judgment, then we can do that in ourselves and in our flesh. But if our goal is to recover and to restore, to heal, then we need the Lord And we need to be in the Lord and go with the Lord and minister the Lord and let Christ be our way to bear these problems and to solve these problems and 
The outcome of this is quite precious. People are gained, recovered, restored. I would like to learn of the Lord and learn through a ministry such as this to be this kind of servant of the Lord in all my contacts with God's people. For this, I look to him for his mercy and grace. Yeah, I uh, would certainly echo your words, my same exact sensation, Ron, listening to uh, such a ministry and your developing fellowship on it. This is the Lord shining, and surely it's desperately needed in his body today. Really appreciate your being here today. Thank the Lord. Amen. Well, we invite you to come back with us as we continue on this marvelous life study of Leviticus. We really hope you're getting the help that we are, I think, each day. We would invite you to contact us as well. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Of course, you can write to us also. It's Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814 is the zip code. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org epublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and EPUB formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.